Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleland is running the boards, producing, engineering. Kevin, what up? Hey, Reggie. I am uh, doing well and in full-blown holiday mode. Holiday mode. So so you have your Christmas tree up and your, your lights and everything? I got the lights up. Uh, Christmas trees are going to be hard to find this year, I'm finding out. So I'm hoping to score what, one. Why is week. that? Uh, I well, think my ju- wife was just telling me that today. I think just with like with everything else, everything is overpriced and hard to get. Supply chain issues. It's crazy. Oh, wow. So so the trees are even getting hit by COVID. Damn. Take <laughs> <laughs> this up. in the Christmas well, yo, spirit. This, man, always, always. COVID, COVID does not stop. Uh, well, this week, we are going to talk about the genius and the GOAT. Bill Belichick. We're also going to get into the college football playoff. We're going to touch on Damian Lillard and uh, him wanting to play with one Ben Simmons. But first up. So last night uh, was Monday night. We were recording this on a Tuesday early evening. Last night was Monday night, and of course, on Monday nights, we get Monday night football, which uh, was a game between the uh, Buffalo Bills at home versus the New England Patriots. Uh, Kevin, did you watch the game? Uh, yes, I did. Wind Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the Wind Bowl. It was windy. Uh, you know, the conditions weren't great. At one point, I saw that it was snowing. And, um, you know, Kevin, I like to gamble on the game. So, of course, I had a... Uh, I had a little something going on the Bills Patriots. And I didn't even I had I had a parlay. Right? I had a three pick parlay, and the Bills Patriots was the last leg of my parlay. So if I win, I win the whole damn ticket. And the Bills were a three point favorite at home versus the Patriots with a rookie quarterback coming to play them on the road. And the Bills lost that game. 14 to 10. The Bills were three-point favorites. All they had to do was win by a field goal at home versus the New England Patriots with a rookie quarterback. The Patriots threw the ball three times. Not one. (laughs) Not two. Three times is how many times the New England Patriots threw the football last night. This is the year 2021, mind you. You know, uh, this is the lowest amount of pass attempts in an NFL game since, Kevin, I want you to take your best guess. When do you think the last time somebody threw the ball this many times? Maybe the early 80s? 1974. I, I wasn't even born then. 1974 was the last time they had this few pass attempts in an NFL game. They ran the ball 46 times. 
and I'm watching the game. And I keep seeing these runs. Hell, the Patriots came out there with six offensive linemen, two tight ends, a running back, a wide receiver lined up. Hell, they had like a wide receiver lined up close to the line to be to the to the to the end to the to the tackle, basically ready there to crack back. They were not trying to throw the ball at all. The Buffalo Bills knew all they were doing is running the ball, and they couldn't stop them. Every time I saw them run the ball, it was positive yardage. Five yards here, seven yards here, eight yards here, four yards here. And then they broke a big one a couple of times. Like two times they had a couple of big runs. And all I could take from this game was, there was a couple of things. Number one, Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL coach of all time. Period. End of discussion. Don't talk to me about anybody else. He does not care how it gets done. He's not here to look good. He's not here to win pretty. He's not here to throw the ball all over the field so you can say he's some kind of genius. He is here to win games. He doesn't care about your feelings. Hell, he let go of Tom Brady. You have to, I, I, think, I don't think that we give proper respect to the organizations that have actually had dynasties in the NFL because what they do is what most teams aren't willing to do. They will cut great players when it's time to let them go. That's the only way you get a dynasty because the bridge has to, the bridge has to be completed at some point. Right? You can't keep holding on to these people because of the sentiment and the fanfare. You've got to know when it's time to fold them. Shout out to the great Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to fold them. And for them, Tom Brady's career had come to an end with the Patriots. Bill Belichick, yo, it was a wrap. It's time to go. Moved on. You can look at past dynasties. The San Francisco 49ers, which was my team. We had a dynasty in the 80s rolling into the 90s, had the dude who before Tom Brady, everybody was was calling the, the GOAT, Joe Montana. The 49ers traded Joe Montana. They traded him. Why? Because they had a dude behind him that they knew was going to be the guy for the next 10 years, and they had to make it happen because it's all about winning. And they did win another Super Bowl. Joe Montana went to the Kansas City Chiefs, got to an AFC championship, but never got back to another Super Bowl. The Niners went back to the Super Bowl and won, were competitive throughout the next 10 years. Before that, the dynasty before that, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they came after the Niners uh, in the 80s. The Dallas Cowboys came in the 90s. Jimmy Johnson comes in there. They got Steve Walsh as, as their uh, quarterback. Good NFL quarterback. Completes the ball, doesn't make turnovers. He's good. He ain't good enough. They got Herschel Walker, who was all-world running back. Jimmy Johnson gets there and decides, mm-mm, I know he's got a name. He's a pro bowler. This dude ain't going to work with this team. Cut him. Got the world in draft picks from the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys go on to be Super Bowl champions three times over in the 90s. That's what Bill Belichick does. He cuts people no matter what their status, their stature, anything they got going on if it doesn't serve the greater good, which for him is winning. And last night you saw that on full display. 
46 rush attempts, three pass attempts. And Mac Jones, which I have to continue to hear from my friends and people on the internet. Mac Jones, man, Mac Jones is great. He's still all right. <laughs> I mean, you, that, okay, yeah, you could talk about the weather and the, the wind and all that stuff. But you can't tell me that Bill Belichick went into this game thinking, oh, I'm only going to score 14 points and I'm going to win this game in Buffalo. Hell no. If they could throw the ball, they would have thrown the ball. Okay? They would have liked to have been more comfortable than a four-point lead. And at times, they had a one-point lead. They had a two-point lead. They would have liked to have been more comfortable. But he took the ball out of the hands of the rookie. And, and you can say, well, he's a, he's a, he had a rookie quarterback playing in harsh conditions. Yeah, but you don't say that when the rookie quarterback wins. You say, Mac Jones is balling. Well, what is it? Which we can't have it both ways. Is he balling or are they winning? Not in, they're not winning because of Mac Jones. They're winning in spite of Mac Jones. He's not making mistakes, which I've highlighted before. Never said he's not good. Have never said Mac Jones is not good. He is a good passer of the football. He's a five-year college player, right? He's smart. He's seen things. He sat behind really talented players. He has learned. He knows what to do and what not to do, and he's not selfish. Great qualities for a good quarterback in the NFL. This is his ceiling. There is a reason they did not let him throw the ball more than three times in this game. There's a reason they decided to just put it on the running game and the defense and not have him be involved in this thing. There is a reason. But you're not going to get a dude who knows that he's great, knows that he's amazing, to not want to be part of the game plan at all. Right? It's just that's just they're competitive athletes. Guys want to guys want to ball. Guys want to be who they are. So save me with the Mac Jones. He, he's all right. But something else I took away from this and something that I continue to talk about all the time because they were in the same draft together. And they're going to be always having this argument between the two of them because you get you get people who lose their mind for Josh Allen and you get people who lose their mind for Lamar Jackson, which I am one of them. Where's the Josh Allen criticism this morning? He was terrible last night. Just terrible. 15 for 30. 50% pass completion in the wind i understand that 145 yards one touchdown through a couple that just were terrible balls even though the wind's blowing i don't get but there's he's got a cannon for an arm right and if you if he can't be throwing the ball then why are you throwing it 30 times one for four in the red zone this man got a six-year, $258 million contract extension this past offseason. You can't lose to a rookie quarterback at home who only threw three passes when you get that kind of money. But I still want to know where is the criticism. I turn on the morning shows today, first take. Now, you want to tell, hell, we can go back to last week, two weeks ago, when Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. The first topic on first take was, can you win with Lamar Jackson? And actually, they did win. When he had the four interceptions, they still won because he was able to beat them with his legs. And I'm, I, I, I'll be honest and I'll be real with it. Lamar Jackson did not play what he played terrible in that Browns game, four interceptions. That was awful. And then this past week against the Steelers, did not play. He played 
okay until the moment of truth when they had to get that two-point conversion. He had a great touchdown throw to get, to get them uh, to 20, uh, 2019 versus the Steelers. And he wanted to go. they wanted to go for two because they had no more cornerbacks, basically, and did not want to go to overtime. And Lamar Jackson flat out just missed uh, Mark Andrews in the flat. Flat out just missed him. Terrible. And then the, the, the questions on the morning shows are, Lamar Jackson got to be better. But where is that criticism for Josh Allen? Where? He, he was not good. And his numbers tell you that he's, his numbers look okay, but he's, been, he's got feasting numbers on bad teams. Hell, the Buffalo Bills lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars 9-6. Where is the criticism? And I'm one of these dudes. Like, I've got people who are messaging me asking, uh, well, how come you don't talk trash about, you know, why are you, why are you bringing up Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was lying about the COVID? And, and how can we not talk about A.B. when A.B. was lying about his, uh, you know, his, his, his COVID ID? And, oh, uh, are, you, are you trashing Josh Allen? I mean, you don't be trashing Lamar Jackson when he's having a bad, bad game. And here's what I, I do. I don't join the chorus if the chorus is already singing loud enough, right? You don't go to church and, 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 and they don't need you to jump in to make a booming chorus boom even louder, right? You singing along with that booming chorus is just making the damn decibels go off the beaters. I start the chorus when the singing ain't loud enough. I started talking about Aaron Rodgers because what nobody calling Aaron Rodgers out enough. I'm not going to pile on Lamar Jackson when he has a bad game because I could go to Twitter. I can go to social media. I could find that any day of the week. They are piling on that man. But I have a hard time finding it for Josh Allen. So I'm going to start the damn chorus on it. And the Bills held after the game. Uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer were asked by some by some uh, local reporter, are you guys embarrassed that you lost this game and they ran the ball 46 times on you? And then they have the nerve to be upset about that. I mean, damn. Basically, yeah, y'all were embarrassed. And I'm sure they were embarrassed. That's why they stormed out and didn't want to talk about it, because they were embarrassed. Who in 2021 gets beat by a team running 46 times and throwing three times? They should be embarrassed. But more than that, they should be upset with the coaching staff because the defense did their job. Defense did their job. 14 points. You're supposed to win that game. Sean McDermott, why the hell? This is the fourth quarter. It's under um, it's, it's under the two-minute warning. Third and 14 because they had just gotten a, a, a false start penalty that pushed them back from third and nine to third and 14. Two downs, you know you're going for it on fourth down. What do they do? In bad inclement weather with wind blowing all over the place, their $258 million man, they throw the ball on third and 14. What are they trying to prove? This dude, Josh Allen, is a beast. I, do, I don't know. If, Kevin, when you watch this game, did you see that stiff arm he threw on, um, on, uh, on the linebacker? Yeah, running for the first down. Yeah, yeah. Running for the first down. That dude's a monster. Why don't they use him like that more? Right, But this is what happens, and this is why Belichick is so much greater than everybody else. Because even though, if Belichick had Josh Allen, Belichick would be running Josh Allen's ass to death. Because that wins games. 
not having him drop back on third and 14, trying to throw into a howling wind. You run that ball with your best option, get five, six yards, seven yards, give him a better chance to throw a better ball, a shorter ball on fourth down, or maybe even run for it on fourth down because he sees an opening. But that's the difference. The Bills want to try to win their way. Bill Belichick wins the only way. And that was the game. And I don't care what nobody say. The Pats still lose it next week to the Colts. They lose it next week to the Colts. Book it. You heard it here first. I'm probably right. We'll be back after the break. College football playoffs are set. We have got our rankings. We got our game matchups. It was a good weekend of college football. Um, I That was part of my parlay. I had the, the Bama-Georgia game, and I had the Michigan. Uh, Michigan played against Iowa. Yeah, Michigan-Iowa, and I had Michigan uh, winning by the money line. I had Alabama. The craziest thing about this, this game <laughs> Alabama and Georgia were playing in a neutral field, right? Neutral game. And Georgia was a six and a half point favorite. I had never seen a line in my life that I had I wanted to jump on quicker. Never seen in my life. I told anybody who would listen, I've been talking to people all season long. I've been arguing with Georgia fans online, on Twitter. Uh, friends of mine who said this was Georgia's year. Oh, man, Dodge, you seen Bama play against Texas A&M? You seen him against Auburn? Georgia's going to get him. And I tried to tell y'all, I'm I'm telling you again, Stetson is an old man's cologne, not a walk-on quarterback who beats Nick Saban in Alabama. Not happening. (laughs) Not happening. I've watched this team all year long. I've watched Georgia all year long. And they have beaten up and feasted on weaker SEC teams, bad quarterbacks, bad offenses. Their defense is amazing, but their offense is just bland. And why is it bland? Because their quarterback is just a guy. Nothing to Hey, I'm yo, man, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of a lot of heart to get to being a starting quarterback for a Power 5 team. Hell, let alone the SEC. But let's also remember that Stetson Bennett the third or Stetson Bennett the fourth shouldn't have even been starting because JT Daniels was there and he got hurt and then had some struggles getting back. And Kirby Smart, who seems to never really be too damn smart when it comes to picking quarterbacks, decided to stay with Stetson Bennett the fourth instead of putting JT Daniels, the former five-star recruit quarterback, And what happened? Alabama blew the doors off of him. Blew the doors off of him. 41, I believe 41 to 24. Because they just couldn't do anything. The difference came down to Alabama having Bryce Young, a five-star recruit, sophomore quarterback who got to sit for a year watching Mac Jones throw the ball all over the damn field and, and, and get some tutelage from him. And the Georgia Bulldogs had Stetson Bennett the fourth a walk on. That was the difference. Bryce Young is a Heisman uh, is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Stetson Bennett the fourth probably won't start 
uh, in the bowl game coming up against Michigan. He shouldn't. If Kirby is smart, <laughs> no pun intended, if Kirby is smart, he will start JT Daniel. That is the only chance they have of beating in Alabama. So we got this game all set up, right? Now we got we got the playoff coming up. We got Bama uh, as number one seed. Michigan is number two. Three is Georgia. Four is Cincinnati. Bama is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite versus Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. And I'm here to tell you, Alabama is going to beat the brakes off of Cincinnati. Nice story. <laughs> a very nice story. You know, Cincinnati from a non-Power 5 conference won all these games and got their way in, the little engine that could. But they are going to get up against Alabama, who has... I mean, Alabama's backups would start at Cincinnati. That's how big the talent gap is. Cincinnati's quarterback's getting all this hype to be a, you know, he's going to be an NFL draft pick and all that stuff. He ain't better than Bryce Young. Just, just isn't. They don't have the offensive line depth. They don't have the defensive line depth. They don't have the, they don't have anything close to what Alabama has. This should be a blowout. And I'm surprised it's at 13 and a half because you would think they would just go ahead and do it at 14, but I feel like they're putting it at 13 and a half so they can get all the Alabama money because people are going to put that, that 13 and a half. That's an easy spread against Cincinnati. Easy. I take that all day. The most exciting game out of the, out of the first round, the first round of the playoffs, the semifinals, it's going to be Michigan versus Georgia because we're going to see what exactly is the difference between the big, the big 10, really the big 12, and the SEC, because Georgia has all the damn recruits. They just don't have the greatest quarterback unless they start JT Daniel. Michigan has a good running game in the Big Ten. Not Their, their running game ain't, ain't going to be the same as when they play against Georgia. It's going to be different. Michigan has a good defense for the Big Ten. I'm excited to see that game. Because all, but I mean, the outcome is going to end up being, to me, I've already got Bama beating the brakes off of Cincinnati. I think Georgia is going to beat Michigan. Georgia is a seven and a half point favorite, which I think that one right there is interesting. Because I don't know if they're a seven, they're, they're basic, you're basically saying that they're a two score, they're two scores better. I mean, not even two scores, they're a touchdown and a field goal better than Michigan. And I don't know. I don't know. That's the interesting. That's the most exciting game of uh, the college football season. I think that's going to be the most exciting, most competitive game right there of the college football playoffs. Because then I think we're going to get Bama and Georgia again. And what you're going to see is a repeat. Bama is going to blow the doors off Georgia because their quarterback is just better. That Bryce Young kid, man, I'm watching him and he's making all the throws. And I thought that game versus Auburn was such a good game for him. I'm watching that game. Bryce Young never wavered. Bryce Young was never worried. He looked chill, calm, cool, collected, and the dude made it happen. And from then on, I'm telling you, that guy is, it's like he's like Neo in the Matrix. I was watching this game against Georgia. He's just throwing the ball anywhere. He's he's pointing for people to go, go where he wants them to go. He's running when he needs to run. He's making the most accurate passes. This dude's arm is special. I think... 2024, oh no, I'm sorry, 2023, he is the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I, I, 
if Kyler Murray could be the number one overall pick in the draft, Bryce Young is a number one overall pick in the draft. That dude's arm is electric, and he's just he just gets it done. And you, it's easy to say, well, they got he's at Alabama. They got all this talent. He's got all the best, the best. But it's the same thing with Mac Jones. Mac Jones was throwing to the best receivers. Uh, he had the best offensive line. He had the best defense. Bryce Young is just doing it again. But Bryce Young can move. And I think that this dude is, is, is special. I think he's going to be amazing. I'm excited for the college football playoff championship. And I'll take any comers. So if anybody want to come at me and talk about Georgia's going to get the rematch, what my boy Lee was talking about, uh, let's see what your money say. So, you know, holla at me. Y'all can find me on Twitter, at Reggie Watkins Jr. You can find me on Instagram, at Coach with Reg. I ain't ducking nobody. Come holla at your boy and show me that money. Show me the money. We'll be back after the break. So, a subject that we have talked about, you know, for a while um, in the NBA is starting to come to a head a little bit. And, you know, Kevin, the show is called I'm Probably Right. I don't always like be it I mean, yes i do i actually i do like being right a lot of the time i mean it's it, it it feels good it feels good but i was saying this earlier about damian lillard and the the trailblazers damian lillard is a great nba player he's not as great as people make him out to be you know, what what happens is he hits a lot of big shots and he has a dope demeanor which is like yo I'm going to take on all comers. And what, what what's more about it is, and what people, you know, really love about him, is he's a little dude balling in a game of big men. That's what he's doing. He's 6'2", and he'll give you some points. He'll get buckets. He's, he's tough. He'll take the big shots. But people love the little guy who can hang with the big dogs. So he gets a little overrated because he's dope. But I've always said this. You're not winning a championship in the NBA with a little guard being your best player. Those days are gone. Not going to happen. And we saw it with Steph Curry. You can say, well, Steph Curry won a championship. Uh, Steph Curry won a championship over LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron lost Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love for that final series. And they still went Six games. And guess who was not the MVP? It wasn't Stephen Curry. It was Andre Iguodala. (laughs) So you're not going to have that. And then when Steph won championships again, who was on that team? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was clearly far and above the greatest player on that team. Now, Steph is having a great year. Regular season looks amazing. We'll see what happens when we get to the playoffs, when teams can really lock down and D him up and game plan for him on a night-to-night basis. The same thing happens with Damian Lillard. He looks amazing in the regular season. He's dope. He looks amazing. The team is on a constant treadmill of first, second-round playoffs and an exit. Why? Because you can't win in the NBA that's dominated by big dudes with little guys as your best player. And their two best players are little dudes. 6'2 and 6'3. Who played no defense? Damian Lillard, for all his offensive talent, plays no defense. And and, and how do you expect him to? He's getting dominated by bigger guards. That's just the game. 
and he doesn't he's not able to keep people out of the paint so what happens is people get into the paint and then uh, uh what is his name nuke yusuf nurkic gets in foul trouble that's what happened against the denver nuggets the Denver Nuggets play with, with Jokic and no Jamal Murray and still beat the Portland Trailblazers. Why? Because guards were getting into the lane and getting Nurkic in foul trouble, and Damian Lillard and McCollum could do nothing about it. And as a result, the Portland Trailblazers are always on a first, second round treadmill in the NBA. And right now they're 11 and 14. And I said this before because the whole deal was going on with Ben Simmons and people were talking about where's Ben's Ben going to go? The Philadelphia 76ers got to get rid of him. And I said, the only place that makes sense is Portland. And we're starting to hear this right now. We're hearing talks about Ben Simmons going to Portland, but not for who I said. I said it should be a swap, Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons, because that makes both teams whole it makes both teams better the portland trailblazers go from being the 30th ranked team defensively in the nba which is what they're at right now to increasingly better with ben simmons and it allows cj mccollum to not have to play second fiddle offensively to dame lillard win-win you get the best of mccollum and now you got the best of ben simmons Dame Lillard goes to portland and becomes what they need a perimeter big shot maker Somebody that spaces the floor and gives Joel Embiid all the room to bang down low and, and allows Tobias Harris to be the third leading scorer, the third option, which is the best thing for him because he is not a number two in the NBA. But Dame Lillard has recently expressed interest in playing with some defensive-minded players. Why? Because the trouble just keep getting their head blown in on defense. And one of the players he said he, he would love to play with was Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, and Aaron Gordon because those are guys who possibly could be available in trade. And Ben Simmons is at the top of the list because he would make great sense. And it would be a great trade for Portland. Terrible trade for Philadelphia. Because what they would have to give up and what they... And I don't, think, I don't even think Philadelphia would do that because, like I said before, if Philadelphia trades Ben Simmons for anything less than Dame Lillard or a Bradley Beal... Doc Rivers is getting fired because he botched this whole thing. So CJ McCollum doesn't get it done because they're not going to win anything with CJ McCollum, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris. That's that's not happening. CJ McCollum is a little bit better version of Seth Curry, who already is on the 76ers. They've got to make a trade for Ben Simmons that gives them another superstar. And the only person available is Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal probably ain't coming because Bradley Beal likes being the number one scoring option in Washington. Bradley Beal ain't worried about winning no damn playoff games. Bradley Beal is worried about putting the ball in the basket because he likes scoring. And when he's in, when he's with the Washington Wizards, they ain't telling they there ain't a shot that he don't like. He ain't seen a shot that he won't take. So what are they gonna do? I'm telling you what's gonna happen. This is what I've been saying is gonna happen. Dan Blood is gonna have to get rid of this. Loyal to the soil mentality, which is dope because I get it. He's from the Bay. I'm from the Bay. I know what he's talking about. We're loyal. We want to be, yo, man, no, no, man, we don't turn coat. No, 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 no. Dog, forget that loyalty, man. Nobody is going to care at the end of the day. All they're going to say is, Dane was dope, man, but he ain't never win. 
That's what they're going to say. Nobody's going to care that you stayed in Portland your whole career and banged your head against a cement block. Nobody's going to care. You're going to join the list of the guys who never got it done. Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing. You are going to be, you are going to go down with them. Reggie Miller. Don't be that. <laughs> I'm saying, Dave, if you're listening to this podcast, don't be that. Go get you a ring. Go to a team that is set up to win. Make that trade. Go, and that's the only way it's going to happen. Dame Lillard has to walk down, and now they've got to get a new uh, GM because Portland just fired their GM, and they're looking for somebody new. Um, they're gonna, he's gonna have to walk into that office, whoever the, the GM is, and say, "Yo, I'm done. I need to go," because that's the only way it's going to happen. Because Portland's not going to just give him away. They don't want. You know what I'm saying? They're going to want to get. They're going to want to get their pound of flesh. And he's 31 years old. Like, I didn't even know he was that old. He's 31. And he's coming up for a contract extension after uh, the 24-25 season. And he's going to want a two-year, $107 million contract extension? (laughs) That dude will be 35 years old then. Dang. You got to move on, dog. Trust me, loyalty is dope. The championships will mean more. Right. Like he will never, ever pay for another drink or a meal in Portland, but he will never win a championship there either. And if he can find a way to get himself to Philly, send Ben Simmons over here to the the West Coast of Portland, both sides will be happier, more competitive and be likely to make some things happen. So we're going to see. I've been talking about it all year long. I think it's brewing. I think it's almost on its way. It's just going to take Dame standing up and saying, yo, I gave it my best shot. We just can't get it done. That's this week's show. I'm Reggie Watkins. Thank you for listening to I'm Probably Right on the Believe Podcast Network. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Don't be hating. Kevin Cleveland, my man, is engineering, running the show. Thank you so much. Y'all be safe out there in these streets, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.